are listening to the 9 to 5 Faith Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to have you today, and I'm even more excited to have my friend Cami on with me. How's it going, Cami? So good. How are you? Good. It's also a podcast, like, so, like, waving might not be, oh. like... <laughs> We are videoing it as well. It'll be on YouTube. So if you want to see Cami wave, just go over to the YouTube. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm so good. It's just good to meet you, get to chat with you. So I'm excited. Yes, me too. So tell me a little bit about you and what you do. And I call this like the why I should care kind of thing. Whenever I do presentations, I said like, this is me now. Why should you care that I'm talking to you? So I love, well, cause I'm awesome. No, you are but, awesome. <laughs> uh, well, my name's Cammie. It's, and my last name is Oftermauer. So it's super hard to spell. There's actually a song that can help, but we won't go over that right now. I am a mom. I am a wife. I have two teenage daughters. So really right, right there. You should, you should want to hear what I have to say. Cause I'm surviving. Yeah. Let's just say. I'm not just surviving parenting teenagers. I feel like I'm thriving in it, but they are 12 and 13. So check on me in two years. Yeah. But I, you know, I have lived, I live in Oregon. So if you've ever heard of Tillamook cheese, I live in Tillamook, which is the cheese capital of, well, I think the world, but maybe Oregon. And my family has lived in Tillamook for over a hundred years. So I was as born and raised in this community as you get. And I have just, uh, I've grown up really loving my roots here. And um, yeah, I just, I love, I love, I love getting to raise my girls here in this town too. That's awesome. And a hundred years, that's crazy. And I think we're going to have some really angry Wisconsiners listening. Don't care. <laughs> I won't tell them that I have Tillamook cheese in my fridge right now. Thank you. Here we go. I, we won't tell them. I really do. Um, so tell us a little bit about like your nine to five and what that looks like for you. Oh man. Well, I, I have to back up six months because my nine to five now based on six months ago is totally different. So for seven and a half years, my nine to five was that I was the executive director of Habitat for Humanity. So I'm sure you've heard of Habitat. Most people have. Um, So I ran that organization in our community and truly felt like that was the job for me. Like I was like, this is what God created me for, you know, really enjoyed the work we got to do with families and just everything that I got to do in running that organization. So, you know, that was your typical nine to five um, in the office every day, even through COVID. We had, Mm -hmm. I think like three weeks where I worked from home. Other than that, in the office, you know, balancing the life and what that looks like. Rural town, so only had to drive a couple minutes to work. Right. uh, But really got pretty radically rocked when I read a book called Dream I Dare You about probably about seven months ago, I read this book and it really opened my eyes to, okay, like I, I, I put myself in this position to really think that this particular nine to five is my forever. Like, I'm like, why would I go anywhere else? I'm, it's a Christian organization. I get to do good work for people. You know, this, if I'm going to work anywhere in this community, I don't see any other job in this community that I would want. And so I started reading this book and God just really started to stir my heart for bigger dreams, like outside of my community, outside of what I was doing in just Tillamook. And he really started to be like, no, there's something more here. And so I was like, okay, but what is that? What does that even look like? And so what happened is I got really curious because again, I'm reading this book that's really radically like opening my heart. And I'm like, all right, who's this author? Like, who's this Julia Gentry? What is this all about? And so I did, you know, like any good researcher, I went and found her on social media and stalked her Facebook page, you know? And so I'm following along and I'm I'm looking in her feed and I found out that she was hiring for a super part-time director of operations, like 20 hours a week, nothing I could leave my job for. Like the salary was not there, all of that. But I was like, 
I'm supposed to be involved. Even if Mm. at that point it meant just being a volunteer, whatever that looked like. Right. And so I reached out to her and I said, I think I'm supposed to be a part of what you're doing. Your book's rocking my world. And long story short, I ended up after a lot of prayer and a lot of, you know, talks with my husband, I ended up quitting my, my nine to five as the executive director and launching into full-time work ministry as the director of operations for Julia Gentry, who wrote the book, Dream I Dare You. I mean, my family thought I was a little crazy, (laughs) but but so far, so I've been working for him now for six months and it has been completely different for me because this is my first job ever where I work from home. I mean, I didn't even know that was possible like, I know people do that, but right. I didn't know it was possible for me. Yeah. And that's been such a, such a, um, such a tr- drastic difference from being in an office. Yeah. Yeah. And how accessible it now is. Cause, so cool. Cause I think before it was like only certain special jobs and certain titles got like the privilege of doing work from home. Um, and now I feel like it's more like widely kind of applied to the workforce. Right. So that's awesome. That's a really killer story. And it's I'll, my favorite. <laughs> I'll have to tell you a story later of some crazy things that I, you know, crazy opportunities really happen just like just like that so that's awesome and and so take me through a little bit of like what your day looks like from not only from like a work perspective but also like you're working from home now you don't have to commute but also like you're not in an office which makes wearing sweatpants really easy um (laughs) to to what your time with god looks like i am so glad you're asking me this now because I feel like even last week, it looked so different. And like this week, this week, I'm really proud of what it looks like. So maybe, maybe I was just getting prepared for this podcast. But I think what I love, and I say this to my kids all the time, as I'm getting ready to walk, I have a little cottage in my backyard that is my office. So thankfully, there is a little bit of separation from my house. But I always say, all right, headed to work. It's a long commute. <laughs> and so I have thank. Again, I said I have teenagers. And so we've actually, because I do believe that I want to be focused when I'm in my office, I'm working on work, all those things. So right. we've actually created a color code system for my door. So they yeah. know when mom's little sign is red, you know, unless you're bleeding or the house is burning down, like don't come in. Right. You know, and so we have different layers of those colors. Mm, so that's they kind of know. That's a really good kind of thing. Yeah, they know if it's yellow, it's like, okay, come on in, say hi, but then head on out. If it's purple, come on in, it's a party. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm going to be honest, it's never purple. But <laughs> but if it were, they would be excited. Yeah. And so I uh, I get out my cottage. I, I believe very much in creating a workspace that you love aesthetically. Yeah. So like, if you could see you know, that's just everything's very me. Like it's when you walk into my office, you can feel me there. Like I got dream on my wall. I've got this beautiful lion here because I really want when I walk into my office, I want it to be a place that I enjoy. I also really like a clean space. So that's important for me, always making sure there's no piles, making sure things are clean. And then my day starts out here. Thankfully, I get to create my own schedule. Yeah. But I start every single day at 5 a.m. And that's because I want my morning time. I want my morning right. time. And so what I've done and what my schedule literally looks like right now is I get up at five. Again, this was not last week. So let's just say it's been <laughs> two days. It's been two days. But I get up at five and from five to six, my dog and I go for a walk. That way he gets out. I get fresh air. I listen to a podcast because I really love personal development. Mm-hmm. And so I always put in a podcast that's something that I'm working towards growing in right now. It's right. helping create a speaker business for Julia. And go. so I'm listening to all these podcasts about how to create a speaker business. And then from six to seven, um, I have it on my calendar, like actually in my phone, but that's my Jesus time. Mm. And so Again, two days. So we'll check on me in a couple months to make sure it's sustainable. But I do believe in calendaring things and making Mm -hmm. sure that, hey, if I'm going to put, 
if I'm going to put this podcast in my calendar and show up, I'd better be showing up for my Jesus time in the calendar. And so my day doesn't start until after that time. But what I've also created, I'm trying to create margin. Mm -hmm. And so from that seven to eight, that is actually my planning time. So that is me sitting down with my, you know, I've got my planners and like my things. That is me sitting down and going, what do I want to accomplish in this day? Because I found that when I do that, I get so much more clear and excited Mm -hmm. and focused on what it is that I'm doing. And I feel like I have a purpose in my day rather than just like, okay, what's on, you know, what's on my agenda? What meetings am I a part of? Because meetings are one thing. It's yeah. what fill up all the things between the meetings that are really where I want to be intentional about my time. Yeah. And that is what a typical day looks like for me this week. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully weeks in the future. Hopefully weeks in the future. I think that uh, one of the things too, like my Jesus time, right? Yeah. I will be honest that before this week, that Jesus time was lacking. Yeah. And I, there's a lot of reasons why, but I think it's because, I mean, I've shared a little bit about like my transition and I'm in this new job for the last six months. I am so fulfilled mm. in my job. I mean, I know not everybody can say that, but I can, like, right. I feel like I truly am exactly where God has called me to be. And like, I am so fulfilled, which is great. And that can be a dangerous place to be because I'm so fulfilled in my work that I actually don't sometimes feel like I need God to fill me up because I'm just so like, like loving where I am. And so that has been something that I didn't really notice that, you know, it actually took, I watched some people around me kind of start to burn out Mm. and it more came from a place of, I don't feel burnt out. I don't want to get there. Right. Like I want to make sure that I'm doing the things that create a life of margin so mm-hmm. that I am having places to rest. Yes, I can love what I do, but if I'm not going to the sustainer to be yeah. sustained, like it's not sustainable. And so I'm really trying to create, like I want margin in my life because I believe that God's revelation is going to come in that margin. And when mm-hmm. I put him first, like he's going to redeem, I mean, even the hour that I'm giving him dedicated time in the day, he's going to redeem that tenfold by direct revelation. One of the things is I, I don't want to circle the same mountain. I don't want to keep walking around the same mountain, trying to figure out these lessons, right? Like I want God to speak to my heart. He's not, if I'm not listening, it's going to be really hard to hear him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like, couple things there. One, I am with you on having a clean space. If my office is not clean, uh, it's a little crazy. Now this might seem like a real, like nitpicky kind of question, but for the work from homers, they might understand this. Do you do your Jesus time in your office or in your home? That is a really good question. I'd be curious what other people say. So I do it in my office. Okay. And that's yeah. And I, I could do it in my home, but again, when I do my Jesus time, like everybody's still sleeping, like they're yeah. still out there for a while. I thought I would have to separate them. And if I didn't have good boundaries, I might have to, yeah. because I can very easily get excited to get on the day. The one thing I've done, I will not have my phone next to me during my Jesus time. Mm-hmm. So I'll put it on airplane mode. I take my smart, my, my Apple watch off. Yeah. I don't want any alerts during that hour or my, I don't know if you know the Enneagram, but I'm a yeah. seven on the Enneagram dude. Yeah. So I can get very distracted. Yeah. So I have to take off all the distractions and really just be present in that moment yeah. because work, the excitement of yeah. what's to, what's to work on will uh, catch me. And I, it's hard yeah. to rein it back in. Yeah, for sure. I call it shiny object syndrome. Are you a, are you a seven too? I'm a six wing seven. So I'm pretty, okay. close. but uh, yeah, that it's funny because I think that like back, back before COVID and work from home became like really more broad scale. I feel like that these conversations that I'm having with you and having on the podcast would look completely different than they look now because that 
margin that we have to have when we work from home. Like we need boundaries even in our own home because we're always working from there. Um, So for example, my husband, he works for himself. He's always worked from home. He always has a dedicated office space. But when we first got married, we we found his work kind of bleeding out into our relationship and our regular life and everything like that. And it was just like, okay, we need to create a physical boundary. So like when you're not working, the office doors are shut. And I've had to do kind of the same thing, which is why I was asking of like, in my office, I I work in my office, anything else, especially like, my Jesus time, or even my writing as part of my work, I can't even write in my office. It's too distracting. I have to go away to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good to just kind of know what works for people or what doesn't. And I think, I mean, you kind of, I had a little conviction come up because I would not say that lately until this week, I have been very good at having those boundaries. Like when I leave there, cause I was just thinking my daughter, she, I was texting on my phone and she goes, mom, you don't always need to message Julia, which is my boss. She's yeah. like, you don't always need to be on the phone with Julia. Cause I am on the phone with my boss a lot. We do text a lot. We're always right. in communication. And thankfully that time I actually wasn't talking to Julia. So I was like, well, actually I'm not talking to her, but it did make me kind of go, Oh, you know, like I got to make sure that, that I, I mean, how often are we calendaring time with our kids or our husbands? Yeah. So like, I think just, and I even made that intention this week. I told my boss, which she's used to me working. I mean, I'm in the bathtub editing videos. I'm right. In, I, you know, it doesn't matter like because yeah. I love it so much. I'm always doing it. Not and it's I, easy to do it. It's easy, easy. It is hard to not. Right. It's me meaning not that the work is easy, but it is easy because you like it and it is not burdensome to do it. No, exactly. And so the hard thing is stopping because it's again, so fulfilling, but like, where do I want my fulfillment to come from? And will I look back and think, even though I'm having fun and all these great things, will I look back and have missed out on time with my family, you know? Yeah. I just don't, I, I just believe it's important for me to always evaluate where I'm, where I'm getting my um, fulfillment from. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Gosh, there's so many things, so many different like bunny trails I want to go down right now um, because you're saying so many good things, but one of them is, is the reality of being able to work remote means we can't, we can work from anywhere at any time. And that is not, it is both freeing and binding because true because like, so I work in social media, social media is always happening, right? Like think when things pop off in the world, they happen on social media, like just saying. And, and so for me, it's really easy to justify kind of always being on and always logging on. So like, besides, you know, just being recently convicted of that are do you have any ways that you try to create better margin around that of like your emails or, you know, you talked about Trello, your Trello board. Oh, dude, Trello changed my life. Are we going there? Let me answer your question because yeah. Trello is a whole nother thing. Oh, I'm well, ready actually, for that. Because <laughs> it is like my jam. <laughs> my husband is so tired of hearing me talk about Trello. I'm like, is there a support group for people? Because I just want to talk to people about Trello. Yeah. Trello, so if you're I, listening, looking for sponsorships. <laughs> for real. No, for real. Um, so I think, I mean, if we just go that route, I think one of the things I know about myself is that in order for me to thrive, uh, and again, you look at your Enneagram, like I'm an Enneagram seven, so can get super distracted, uh, rabbit trails, all those kind of things. Yeah. So I have to have systems and processes in my life. Mm. Like I have mm-hmm. to, it, not only do I, I enjoy them. I enjoy right. setting up systems. I enjoy running systems. I enjoy, I love efficiency. 
And so I, when I got into this job, again, I come from a company where I've created the entire company, you know, like I, I create the atmosphere where I came into now I have one boss and I'm the only employee Mm. and she's been an entrepreneur for years. And so I came in and I'll never forget what I said to her. I said, um, so I'm going to need three days to set us up a system and I'm going to use Trello, which is an organizational system to basically task manage your days with your team. Right. And she's like, you're going to need how many days to do what? And it, we always laugh about it because what I didn't know coming into this job until I was in it was how much I needed structure. And so when I went the first week in the job and every meeting I'd have with her, I'd come out of the meeting with five pages of notes, none of which were organized. All the action items were mixed in this, this notebook somewhere. I thought I was going to die. Like, I'm just like, I cannot function in this world. And so I had to create those systems for our company. And now we use them every single day. Like my Trello board runs my day and I've been able to, uh, bring our other team members now into that world. And now we're so much more productive. I believe when you set up systems and processes, it gets you to the place where you create the margin. Yeah. Because the person who showed me how to use Trello, he says, yes, it's going to take you time to set this up. But the amount of time that you're going to save on the back end is tenfold. And yeah. I believe that. Oh, I've yeah. seen it in my own life. So by having these kind of structures and processes in place, it allows me to kind of create space in areas where, um, you know, areas that I need to create space in. Yeah. And I think like, I think that some people might feel ashamed that they're not able to manage certain, I guess I, I call them temptations, but like checking your email first thing in the morning or like, you know, scrolling through your Slack messages in the night or whatever it is. I call them temptations because they're taking me, for me, that's what they are. Um, As like, people might feel shame around that as a sign of lack of willpower, but really it is just adding the systems in our life to better be efficient at the things that we really want to be efficient at. Do I really totally. want, do I need to be efficient at managing my email? No, like I don't, it's not my, not my work email. It's my personal email. It's fine. It can hang out. It's okay. If I have 20 emails from Wayfair, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Um, but I think there, some people might feel like a lot of shame in, in kind of admitting to that, but like adding adding timers onto your apps. If you have an iPhone, are you an Android or iPhone user? Oh, iPhone. And I use, I use all the time. Like yeah. if I know I have a, even a meeting coming up, I always, I set my timers all day long. That yeah. way I don't have to think about those things. The number one thing I can say helps with what you're just saying for me is my phone does not live in my bedroom at night. Yeah. And it hasn't for probably a year. And that's been the greatest smallest i mean that's a very small sacrifice i still have alexa so i have an alarm you right. do not oh alexa's talking to me now but <laughs> <laughs> but i definitely like that has been a huge game changer mm-hmm. for me because now i'm not distracted i think sleep is yeah. important because i got a lot to do in the day i want to yeah. have energy and if i'm on there scrolling i will also say remember how this week has been like a good week for me. Yes. <laughs> I will say that I, a couple days ago, I took Facebook because I don't use other social media. It's mostly Facebook. I took Facebook off my phone. Mm. Yes. I can still get on it on my computer if I want, because I'm not going to sit there and scroll. Yeah. But that has been, man, that's been freeing. Sometimes mm-hmm. to just take that space and say, yeah. but I never felt like I could do that. Like in my jobs, I'm like, but I need it for my job. Right. And that you, I know you feel me girl. Yeah. But like, does it need to be on our phone? Could it just be on the computer? Like, right. I think those small tweaks have allowed me to say, okay. And a lot of the time we're just bored. So yeah. like, if we're oh, bored, yeah. you know, like I'm eating cause I'm bored. I'm, you know, scrolling Facebook cause I'm bored. It's a lot of the time we're just not like, we're just bored. So yeah. then really asking myself like, okay, I'm bored. What else could I do here? 
to make it so that it's not just productive, but fulfilling. Yeah. Cause we know those things don't fill us. Like mm-hmm. food's not going to fill me. Facebook, social media is not going to fill me. Okay. So what, what is it that would fill me? Time mm-hmm. with the Lord, getting some fresh air outside, yeah. you know, doing something creative. I think yeah. we need to get back to creating. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yes, for sure. And what I was saying about the, uh, timers. I don't know if you know this, but on each app, you can set a time limit. So like, if you're like, I only want to spend 30 minutes a day on any of my social apps, you can set it and it'll like shut down the app. Like, it'll ask you to like, are you sure you want to like when Netflix judges you and it was like, are you still watching your apps will be like, are you sure you want to, um, and you can do that. And and here's a like a fun, a, I mean, it's fun for me and my organizational brain. But if you want to, how many times like have you opened your phone just kind of like on autopilot and just like clicked on your social media apps? And like, you're just like, oh, like, how did I get How did here? I get in here? Yes. Right. One thing to do to combat that, that, that I really love is to move your apps around. Whoa. Because if you move your apps, if you change where they are at, you have to actively go looking for them. And it brings together mindfulness because like you'll like swipe and like click where your Facebook was. And you're like, wait, why am I on the CVS app? Like, or like, I don't want to like work out. Why am I in my health app? Like that's where you like strategically put the Bible app. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Anytime I click on this, just open the Bible app. <laughs> there you go. So there, I mean, there's definitely things that we can do to like help kind of create that margin. And I will say to, for anyone who's listening, my, my sage advice, I guess, is to set the expectations kind of upfront with your work. If your work is requiring you to use your personal cell phone, negotiate, you know, a cell phone stipend. And if that's not part of it, then say like, I'm sorry, I will not have email on my phone. I will not have Slack on my phone. Like I will not be available. You can call me, but I am not going to have any of these communication things because that's your own boundary for your own life and your own well-being. And give an inch, take a mile kind of situation of like, Oh, if it's just one slack that I'm answering on the weekend, they're going to, you're going to still get them. And it's it was get funny worse. because I was, I did take my phone in bed last night, mm-hmm. not for like the whole night, but just cause I was like, Ooh, I want to do this. And so like, I was laying there and doing this because I specifically told my boss, I'm like, okay, go. Like I have, you have to get your intentions out there. And I just said, all right, I'm done with work at four. Like don't let me keep working. You know, we yeah. got to cut this off because I love it. I love working. And I checked my email and I responded to an email to her at like yeah. 9, 9.30. And then I emailed her right back. I said, no, I'm not answering emails in my bed at 9.30. <laughs> you know, we kind of, what is good even to joke with ourselves and be like, but it was so automatic to just yeah. open that email and right. to like respond like, what? No, I can't just wait to respond. What would that mean about me? But those yeah. are the questions I have to ask myself. Like, where am I going? Cause I know that I'm in this for the long haul. Like I yeah. want to be in ministry doing what I'm doing for years to come. And if I can create healthy boundaries, I hate that word, but if I can create healthy, yeah. um, what would be another word? Healthy habits. Yeah. That even rhymes. Like that sounds good. If I can create healthy habits now, I believe that will make this more, it is, it's going to make it sustainable for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think what we undervalue as, as Christians, I guess, is the ability to create habit and routine. Like it changes our brain chemistry. There's a reason why I go on my phone and I open Facebook every time. And there's a reason why, you know, you want, when you're like bored, you like go to food because it's like, like on some chemical level, I don't want to lessen the people who have serious addictions, but the chemical response in our brain is very similar and in smaller amounts to that, that has, you know, dopamine or, um, 
I want to say serotonin, but that's what puts you to sleep, but (laughs) your dopamine and all your other hormones that go on in your brain, that stuff gets released when we see a notification pop up or something, but that can be reverse engineered for our faith. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Can we get that app? Like, let's make that happen. You know, it's true though. It's true. And just small changes. Like when I say like, when I say my week has totally changed this week, these are not big changes, right? It's just being more intentional. And I mean, like, this is not a sales pitch, but when I say this book, dream, I dare you by Julia Gentry, okay, maybe that was a little sales pitch. When I say this book (laughs) changed my life, it changed my life because not only did it give me a dream bigger to live for, but it helps me really know how to take captive my thoughts mm. and to retrain my brain, which is exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Because I now know what beliefs, like what limiting beliefs have kept me from moving forward in my life. And I now have a conviction that is super strong to put my whole life on. Like, yeah. I, and so like, even today when I was struggling through, I'm like, I was noticing some big feelings and I'm able to say like, Am I living chosen today? Because that's my conviction that I live a life where I am chosen. And if I know that to be true, I no longer need the world to tell me I'm chosen. I literally live from a place of being chosen. And there's so much depth there. And that's really what her book's about is finding that conviction that you can say at any point, like, am I living chosen? And if the answer is no, that's always when it's going to show up for me in Mm -hmm you know, it's always when my fruit is not the fruit of the spirit. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. Anytime I'm living outside of like really seeing the fruit, it's because I'm not living in my conviction and I just have to check myself. Yeah. Yeah. And like, also when we are operating in kind of this autopilot kind of state, I'm actually, my own personal plug. I'm writing a book about this. And one of the chapters is on autopilot. And it's when we're operating in this kind of just like, I guess, stress response where we're just kind of going through the motions, like where's the room for the Holy spirit in that? Right. Because the Holy spirit, like, like, I think there's very, like, I think within the Trinity, they all have very different personalities and i think like the holy spirit is one of like spontaneity right we see him move like in the moment and and if if we're kind of stuck in this autopilot mode like how do we respond to the holy spirit when he asks us to i just have this vision i know i mentioned the enneagram a couple times because it has been so helpful for me in my life i literally just when you were talking about the holy spirit i was like I bet Holy Spirit's a seven. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, and then I'm like, what would God, the father, what would Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, how fun would that be to dig a little into that? I think they're probably every number, obviously, but like, I really got my brain of thinking. (laughs) That's really fun. Like what Myers-Briggs is the Trinity. (laughs) Somebody needs to write that book. And, out there. and not get struck by lightning um i know i don't know if it's biblical <laughs> but it really like it, you're gonna have to put the enneagram test link like in our yes. show notes oh yeah because it really has been so helpful for me yeah in just understanding the why i do things like the the Intent. oh man it's been yeah. and then i can count that i mean that's that is why again we talk about systems and processes those literally keep me being able to function because I need them in my life. Anytime I meet another fellow seven and I'm like, do you have a Trello board? Do you have systems? And they're like, I don't have any of that. I'm like, let me teach you because (laughs) I'm telling you, like once you learn how to create systems and structure and processes, not to become this rigid person, but to be able to have it so that it can give you that margin yeah changes it changes the game I don't want to hold anything up here in my head I want to have it so that it's out somewhere and then when I'm off you know doing my things paddle boarding riding my motorcycle like adventuring you know I don't want to have to think about Monday and what I have to be doing I shouldn't have to there should be a system set up so that the things that I'm working on are already there and they're just waiting for me Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Gosh. And funny, like little tangent about the Enneagram. 
Um, I love it only and mo- mostly because it is it has felt the most true to me. I've done a lot of like the Myers Briggs Strengths Finder, and I think they all have their place and all kind of do their own thing. What I like about Enneagram is it felt most accurate of like, okay, this is the root of how I'm acting out of. This is my core fear. This is my core intention. And this is what I act out of. Um, Funny side story. When I was in high school, senior year, they made us take a personality like job test. Really long test. Let me tell you, like an hour long you got called out of class to go take it. And I went and took it. And then I like got to the end of the test and it was like, we're sorry, your personality does not match anything in our databases. And I was like, okay. So then I just like went about my life and then I come back. Well, then I get called back into the office and they're like, you need to take the test. I'm like, okay, okay. I tried. <laughs> I broke the test. I tried to take this test and it didn't work. They're like, no, just take it again. I'm like, okay, like, sure. So I took it again, got the same exact results. And I just remember feel like being like, what does that say about me? Because all my friends were like, you know, it was so accurate. It was exactly what I want to do with my life. It was like a hundred percent, just like right there. And I'm like, I wasn't in their database. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> so all that okay. to say, I'm glad Enneagram has a number for me. <laughs> but so have you discovered, like in that, have you discovered why yet? Like now that no. you're like, what? No. I can't even remember what test it was. It was like, I remember like what the format of it was. Like it gave you two options like two paragraphs and you had to select which one you related most with wow that's fascinating that was it and I just and I'm like the like getting it one time it was like oh okay getting it two times in a row I was like okay like (laughs) I guess I really am weird multiple times over wow wow that (laughs) is awesome I will drop a, a link in the show notes to the Enneagram test um, because it's so it's insightful and it's really helpful. Um, okay, like let's get back on to the topic at hey, hand. I mean, I, this I is going to be productivity slash Trello board and Enneagram. Yeah, <laughs> I I even wrote down the name of this episode as we were talking so you know it's gonna be all good um because I was like yeah Trello Enneagram all the good stuff so tell me a little bit about what like your faith extracurriculars look like so you wake up in the morning you have your Jesus time all set aside you have your boundaries what else do you do what else goes on in the life of Cammy? Wow, what a good question. So I am really involved in our church. Uh, we started going to a new new church to us about, oh, I think it's been about three years now. Mm. And we have always been, my husband and I have, for the past 10 years, have been in some type of leadership role in our church, whether that was you know, on the worship team, leading Bible studies. And so when we came to our new church about three years ago, I remember just being like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to show up on a Sunday and I'm right. just going to, you know, do that. Well, that didn't last long because that's not who God created me to be. Right. And I, again, back to reading Julia's book, while I was reading that, it started to bring up, I had remembered that there was a ministry called Embrace Grace, which is a ministry for unmarried moms and teen uh, uh, unexpected pregnancies. Yeah. And I was like, while I was reading her book, I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Like I wanted to start a group because it's a nonprofit, but then you start groups in your own church. Right. And I remember calling my pastor and being like, hey, so I think I've figured out how I want to be involved. Like, cause my pastor is really good about bringing people into their calling. And so he had asked me like, how do you want to be involved? And I was like, well, I don't really know yet. I've done the worship team thing. I've done the, this thing, you know, I don't know how I want to be involved. So I remember when, 
you know, that, that dream was kind of awakened to me again. I reached out to him and I said, I think I'm supposed to start this group. And he was just like, great, let's do it. And so that was about a year ago. And we ended up launching about a month after that, a month after I talked to him, we launched the first ever in our community, Embrace Grace group specific to um, single and pregnant moms. Mm. And so that when you live in a rural community, you don't have a lot of resources. We don't right. even have a pregnancy center. We don't have mm-hmm. uh, we don't have a lot of resources that you find in bigger towns. Um, so this has been a really important, a really important program. And what's really exciting is now we're you know a couple years later and we've been able to take girls through this group and host really amazing baby showers. And I actually have been able to hand off the baton to my co-leader who called me this was a couple weeks ago she called me and she said cammy i think i'm ready to take over leadership which when we first started she's like please don't ever make me lead and i was like that's amazing andrea because i my schedule's super busy in ministry just in my job right and so part of me was like i was thinking in my head oh man like i don't know if i have the time that i need to give to this like and when she reached out and said i'm ready to lead i knew it was time to let that go And then what got really exciting for me is that I'm like, okay, God, but where do you want me? And he really showed me, he goes, I want you to mentor that co-leader. Her name's Andrea. I want you to mentor her into her leadership role. And I was like, I love the Mm. thought of in the church, helping mentor people in their leadership roles, whatever that looks like, right? Like really driving people towards their purpose, which is also what I get to do in my daily job. But I was like, what if I could do that to help the church grow too? Mm -hmm. And so that's been kind of a new thing for me. And I think I'm 37. I I might be 38. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm one of those numbers. I think I'm 38. And I don't know if I ever considered myself like, you know, and I, I didn't realize that like, I can't mentor people now. It's not like you have to be old, yeah. you know, but it's you always kind of think like, oh, the older ladies are like mentoring. So I've never, right. I think it's the first time that I've gotten to the place. I'm like, wait, no, I can start mentoring people. Like yeah. I can start pouring into people, but I don't, for me, I'm not interested in just leading a Bible study or, you know, that kind of thing. Like I'm interested mm-hmm. in creating, um, different kind of opportunities. So for example, I love to adventure. Like I am an adventurer. It goes with my Enneagram seven. We're literally called the adventurer. And so I kayak, paddleboard, motorcycle, like I love all those things. And so I started a women's adventure club in my community and it started as a small group through my church. Mm. And so I'd get like women signed up and once a month we go and we adventure, we go, we go hiking, we go kayaking, we, we went skydiving. That was pretty fun. fun. Yeah, that was fun. I got eight ladies came. That was amazing. Wow. Wow. So this, I know. Good so size group. group. Totally. So this group has grown from, you know, I mean, one, it's from like 10 to now we have over 500 women. Again, rural community. Oh this has been a year, only a year. 500 women who are in, now it's a Facebook group. Cause I'm like, I can't manage this like planning center stuff. So we have over 500 500 women in our community club. And all I do, it's so low key. All I do is the few days before our once a month, we do it the first Saturday of every month. I just put where we're meeting and everyone shows up. I mean, the most we've had is probably like 40. We took 40 women, 40 women kayaking. Like I found kayaks from all over the community, but about we'll get anywhere from about 15 to 40 will come. But that is every week I for every month, I'm getting to meet new women. I start every group out with a prayer. Like I yeah. just say prayer for safety, you know, but like yeah. prayer. And it's really, I say, we are here to build community. We are here to get to know each other. We are here to be in God's creation. And we do a name game every time. So we're learning people's names. And as easy as it is, because it's really not hard. Like I literally post something on Facebook and we all show up. The amount of ladies that afterwards are like, thank you so much for doing this. Like people are hungry mm. for community. Yeah. And sometimes oh, it gosh, really yeah. is just as easy as saying, what am I already doing that I can bring people along? Yeah. And I, it's been, it's been so cool. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, one thing, um, one of the ministry leaders who I've been involved with in the past, he, he just said, he said, you always have to eat. So why not bring people along with you to eat? And so like to what you're saying, you're already going kayaking. You're already going on hikes. You're already going skydiving. Maybe, uh, might as well bring people along with that and create that community. I love it. And I actually, it's funny that you brought up the food thing. I don't enjoy having meals together. <laughs> I mean, that might be really weird, but I actually no. would much rather be outside yeah. like experiencing like an opportunity. Like if honestly, like if I were to hang out with friends, I would rather us always be doing something yeah. like it's harder for me. Like you, if I have the choice between like sitting across the table from you in a coffee shop mm. or just being outside on a walk or whatever, I'm always going to choose the outside. And it's just, it's cool to be able to kind of meet people in like a more low key. I remember when I was with Habitat, uh, especially during like COVID time, yeah. I was like, Hey, let's get like, we don't need to be in the office. Let's go jump on the kayaks. I had so many meetings with people just on the kayaks. And like, mm. that is how I want to live life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just like, I think there's something to say too, about like, I feel like our world and our culture is so highly curated. I think there's something to be said to what comes easy and what comes naturally and just incorporating that into a wider audience and into more people and, and then bringing God along with it. Well, I started thinking, and it's funny because this has just been two days ago because I literally work from home now, right? Like, so my, my kitchen table is right there. I could very easily open up to, you know, once a week where on the lunch hour, you know, or like 12 to noon, like bring your sack lunch, come over, let's do some dream storming. Let's just really make this time about like, what are you passionate about? What are your goals? Like, where are you headed? What's God really put in your life? Because I want deep, I want those conversations and friendships, mm -hmm. but I'm like, how easy for me to just throw it up on Facebook, create an event, you know, put yeah. it as a small group. Like it takes no effort from me except for to just say, okay, I'll show up. Yeah. I mean, even if it's just me that shows up, yeah. I think I used to have a lot of fear mm -hmm. around starting something and nobody showing up. And that yeah. was based on the limiting beliefs that I was living in. Mm -hmm. And now it's really like, God, if this is your plan, it is going to work. I truly believe that if it's yeah. God's plan, it like you were telling me before we started this, like yeah. if it's God's plan, it will work. The yeah. timing may not be ours. Um, but I believe if he's created me to create community, then he's going to bring that community to me. Yeah, for sure. And you're convicting me right now. Cause so I just moved into this new community and there's maybe 50 people in here already. Very, very small community. Um, and not all the houses are filled yet. Um, they're still getting filled. And we have this like community space where there's fire pits and a, like a gazebo and a water fountain. And it's really nice. And I've wanted to do like a weekly, like weekly get together and just like say, Hey, I'm going to be in the community space with a bottle of wine. Anyone want to join, bring your own glass, like that, that kind of thing. That's something that I've been wanting to do. And like, you're convicting me of like, just do it. Right. And think how, I mean, and that's going to, maybe we both need to check in on each other with this because again, <laughs> not hard. Yeah. Like you literally no. put it on your calendar, buy the bottle of wine, show up and yeah. then let God do the rest. And I think that's what I've loved about adventure club. It does not feel heavy at all. Like I look forward to it and I leave every single week just going like, Oh man, that was good. Like this is, this is what it's all about. Like connecting yeah. with people. And I think just God is so good to open us up, like to open us up to really have the opportunity to say yes. And when he tells us to move that we are obedient in that. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like wine clubs happen uh, in your community. It <laughs> if it weren't storming out right now, I would say like, let's do it Friday, but we are currently storming. <laughs> um, there were hurricane force winds in the mountains. So, you know, you know, casual, <laughs> actually out here so in the arizona in the desert 
you have to be careful when it's windy. I like hope I don't deter people from like coming out here. I'm talking like like 20 to like winds were Never like happened. up at 80 miles an hour. Okay. Like so what happens, especially during the summer when we get more windstorms, there's this thing called valley fever. And like you can get it from breathing in like the dirt from like the dust storms. So that you know. sounds really weird. Right. I'm just like, there's, it's just like a spore that you inhale that gets, but like, it's not in the city or anything. What happens is the winds come from so far out of the city. It's in the desert. Like that's where this like fungus lives in the desert and it blows in. And then like you get, you can, you can get Valley fever. Although my husband's lived here for 30 something. He's never got it. He's never got it. It's like the Oregon Sasquatch. Like, is it real? Is it not real? It's definitely real. Like people get really sick from it, but I personally have not and neither has my husband. So I I am just aware of the fact that like, hey, don't necessarily go run around in in a dust storm. It's, you know, it's not really good for your lungs. I wouldn't even know what that is like because I live in a place that rains, you know, 365 inches a year. So wow, there ain't no dust here. I seriously, I have, not only do we have the air filters in the ceiling, but we have like mobile filters in every room because it gets so dusty even inside the house. Well, you know what? It must be nice, Paige, to have sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... It's been a long winter here on the Oregon coast, let me just say. Remember when I was saying like, Sometimes you start thinking about moving. I'm like, never make a moving decision at the end of winter oh. in Oregon. Like, because like, you're just so ready. The sun will come. But when? When is my yeah. question? And also, wherever you want to move, go visit it at the worst time of year. Right now in Arizona, when there's dust storms. No, <laughs> now's not even the worst time. I was going to say, like, we're still like three months away from the worst time, which is August. Oh. July and August but um I I laugh um one of my one of my uh neighbors she was from California and I the first year which was last year she was here we had a bad dust storm and she was texting me like Paige I walked outside and there is dust everywhere I was like yes like this is a dust storm like this is what happens (laughs) they usually blow over in a few minutes like usually takes like 15 minutes and they're over with and then you can just go about your day she texts me back and is like it's like frontier weather (laughs) I was like oh like that is like the best thing I have ever heard because I definitely have a tumbleweed in my front yard right now oh my god because of the wind tumbleweeds are a real thing if you like don't believe the movies they actually exist guys oh when I walked out of the airport elevators in Florida because I've never been I literally the ladies I was with I was like what is that like talking about the humidity yeah and they're like that's humidity I'm like oh good lord that is not cool no no no. it's like opening an oven door just like the weird yeah I don't do humidity, which is why I'm in the desert. I, Uh my family lives in the South. I will not follow them there. No, no. Oh gosh. So many good things. Um, one thing that I'd like to talk about and this kind of like, I don't know, I was looking over these questions and I was just like, "Mm, I'm like really like pushing people to kind of like tattletale on themselves and like be a little bit vulnerable, but what's your biggest struggle when it comes to practicing your faith, um, and working full-time? Oh, well, I think we did kind of touch on it a little bit, but I think it's not like, honestly, this is what God's showing me is not finding fulfillment in anything above him. Yeah. Because again, I get that I am blessed that my job is so stinking fulfilling, like Mm -hmm. truly but I don't, I don't want anything to fill me up except for, you know, to overflowing, like nothing's going to fill me to overflowing, like God can and will. And so I think that for me, I just have to always check where I'm getting filled up. Yeah. And it, it has to be, it has to be God first. 
and just really making sure, again, asking myself that question of, if I continue on this, even though I'm having fun, will I have missed out on something that's important? Like, will I look back and think, oh, I had the opportunity to spend more time with my kids, but I was so distracted by even good things, even ministry. Right. Like I'm distracted by ministry that now I'm not going on date nights with my husband or I'm not, you know, spending time in the evening with, with my girls or watching movies with them. Like I'm being so productive in these other areas that I'm not actually resting. Mm-hmm. And that for me, like one of the things that um, I just, I was doing this Bible study that I've been a part of and God gave me some major revelations, which I've never been like a picture person, but he mm. showed me a picture of a roller coaster. And I was like, what is this? Like this big roller coaster. And he basically, I grabbed my journal and I, I have no desire to write a book, but if I did, I just wrote my first chapter. Like it was like 10 pages and it was all this word picture about how the way that I ride a roller coaster is the way that I actually approach my entire life. So, but the part that really struck me, cause right, we, or I'm on the roller coaster and like all this enthusiasm and all these word pictures, but it was what I do when I get off the roller coaster. And that's that I get off the roller coaster after I've, after I've basically wrote it a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I look around and I'm exhausted because I haven't eaten. I haven't drinking any water. Mm. I haven't taken care of my body. Like I've just been go, go, go. But the saddest thing was when I looked around at my family or the people around me, this was the first time that I even noticed that they're like, mom, we're exhausted. You haven't fed us. You haven't, Mm -hmm. you know, like we're just because nobody could keep up at my pace and I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And that's when I went, oh, like I have to actually get off the roller coaster and the roller coaster isn't always bad, but I have to get off the roller coaster you know, and, and actually I, while I'm on it, I need to look around and evaluate the people around me is my drive. Where are they at? Like, where, where are they at? And also for me, because again, I got off the roller coaster and now I'm like, I haven't eaten. I'm thirsty. I got to pee, you know, like all the things that I haven't taken care of because I've been so in it. And that just really made me go, God, I want to do a better job of resting in you Mm -hmm. so that when I'm on the roller coaster, it's sustainable because I want to know that I'm stewarding well, this season that he's given me of health. Like I'm healthy. I have, you know, I have a lot of great things going on in my life, but I want to keep those things and I don't want to run things into the ground and I don't want to run those around me, you know, into the ground either. And I have to watch out for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think also when you're saying, um, only getting your fulfillment from God and, and one thing that I've been just thinking of over the past few months in the past year, especially being like, so ingrained in like the corporate world is also like getting your identity from God and God alone, because as you work, it's really easy to, say I'm Cammie and I'm the director of operations, right? Like you ask someone like, Oh, like, who are you? What do you do? And it's, I do this for, for work and that's who I am. And, and really it's like, Oh, I'm like a daughter of the King. Like I am a follower of Christ. Yeah. And that's I where struggled. my identity should find be, be in the switch from the executive director of Habitat in my own community, yeah, right? Where you are a leader in your community that when I was getting ready to transition out of that role into the role that I'm in now, that was a huge, cause my identity was like, I was Cami, the executive director of Habitat. And I knew that when I went to this job, nobody's going to know mm. my name. I'm now working on a global scale when I call, nobody's like, oh, it's Cami Oftermauer. Like in a small town, everybody knows you. Yeah. So I knew like going over to this job that I was going to wrestle and it was almost like letting go mm-hmm. of work, you know, just kind of what you're saying, like that identity and who you are, or, you know, and I think even living in a small town, it's very easy to just think that's how it is everywhere, but it's not like, I have to go out and now I have to introduce myself and, 
you know, it's kind of this whole different thing. And that was a big shift for me. And one that I'm really thankful I went through because I don't believe that I identify myself. Like I, I, I think more just, I know God's using me in ministry in ways that he's called me to and gifted me to, but I, uh, I don't see myself in, in this job, making it my identity. Right. It takes up a lot of my time and yeah, you know, there's all that balance there, but I would say I, that was a very stark transition from one job to the next. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's seen a lot. Um, I mean, I can't really speak for more like blue collar jobs, but definitely in like corporate kind of white collar jobs, it's always about what's your next step. What are you going to do next? How are you going to up level? How I remember I was at a job and they're like, Oh, what's your growth plan? And I'm like, pay my bills and have kids one day. Like, like my growth plan and what I wanted for myself was not associated with my job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my job with excellence and I'm going to do it well. And whatever happens after that, cool. That's up to God. But like yeah. my, my soul, I guess, like meditation when it comes to my future is not about my job and what I yeah. do. Yeah. No, I can't relate to that because mine was yeah. like, it definitely was, especially at Habitat. Like, and again, I was the director. So, I mean, there yeah. was no position above mine. So yeah. nobody was ever asking like, what, what are your goals here? I just had no idea that someday I wouldn't just be working in my own community. So I never had to think about the fact that like when I go knock on the door, this person has no idea who I am. So that was a very cool thing for me because it helped me to get out of my own small, you know, mindedness, really. I mean, I'm not, that's not a bad thing. Like my whole family has been here. Like they've had amazing careers in this one community, but I didn't know that was possible for me. And Mm -hmm. so I've never had to think about what would that look like to start knocking on doors where nobody knows your name? You know, like that was a, that was a, it's been really cool. Like I haven't hated it. At first I was scared, but now it's like, wow. I even told my husband, I'm like, I could change my name to Kamara and nobody would, (laughs) he's like, please don't do that. I'm like, okay, I won't do that. But all of a sudden I was like, I could create like this new identity, although I like who I am, but like, it does give you an opportunity to kind of that freedom we were talking about with the work, the working from home. I will never forget. Cause again, brand new for me to work from home. I'll never forget when I grabbed my laptop, which is like a MacBook air. So super small, you know, thin, right. I held it up to my daughter in the car. I said, do you want to know something cool? She's like, what? I said, anywhere this laptop can go, mommy can go. And she's like, really? I'm like, this is my job in this laptop. And it just kind of opened up. Like I could go anywhere. I haven't gone anywhere, but I could, you could I could go somewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. I could come visit you and we could yes. go sit in the dust storm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like with your adventuring, I'm like, we should definitely go up to page. Have you, have you like, do you know what page, page Arizona page? is? What is page? Page Arizona is a no. city spelled like, like a book page, not like okay. my name. And it's on the, um, like the northernmost border of Arizona. It's probably take like from where I'm at, it's like a six hour drive. It's a long drive, but it's beautiful. Look up Horseshoe Canyon, look up Antelope Canyon, all of those. So you're, so you're going to meet me there. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. I'll bring my laptop. We'll work. We'll, We'll have a work party. Yeah. We'll, we'll go up to the snow and like go anyways, Antelope Canyon. If y'all are ever in Arizona, go with, you know, one of the tribes, they, they do the tours up there. Um, and it is beautiful and it's crazy. Cause I was like, I heard Canyon and I was thinking like, like you're on the ground and the mountains go up and you're in the Canyon that you go down into the earth and that's the canyon. Oh. Yeah, it's trippy. Like you there's a crack in the ground and that's what you climb into. How do you get out? You climb a ladder. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, wow. it's awesome. Anyways, Cammy, we should make that happen. I I love it. I just love <laughs> I love 
even if I went nowhere, I love knowing that I can, and yeah. I know I will, but also in due season. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I just, I love opportunity to yeah. look at what's out there and like, For okay, sure. where to next God again, yeah. lived in this community my whole life, but that's not to say I couldn't go somewhere else. Like, right. Maybe someday I will. I've yeah. never thought that was an option. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, Cami, let's wrap it up with what is one thing our listeners can do to implement a faith building discipline or practice in their life this week? Well, besides get a Trello board, because yes. oh <laughs> seriously, create some margin. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I, I, again, I think it takes resources to get you to where you want to go. And so I'm just going to recommend a resource. And that again, is the, to buy the dream. I dare you book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really, truly this book is what catapulted me to where I am today, mindset yeah. wise, but also career wise, also how to dream all those things. Um, so that would be kind of my, my one charge is get this book. Cause this book yeah. is really what changed the game for me. Oh, I can't wait. And, and your book is on your way, lady. It's in the mail right now. Oof. Shut up. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. exciting. I was going to say, I need to read it. I have actually <laughs> on my desk, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 books that are on my list for the year. So that one will get moved to the top <gasps> of the stack. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small group study too. So it comes Ooh. with a workbook. So I'll send you the workbook as well. Oh, um, Cause that's really where it. the depth comes in. Right. And yes. I'm just excited to see you take that journey. Cause it's, it changed the game. Awesome. It changed it all for me. Awesome. Cammy. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for Bye. joining us. If you liked what you were listening to, make sure you subscribe and hit those five stars and we'll catch you on the next episode.